Welcome to a special edition of Bearded Wholesome and All Things Baltimore. I am the host, Matt Trigger. With me today is Maxwell from the Mamba's Legacy podcast, and he is an avid Denver Broncos fan. How you doing, Max? I'm doing great. I'm excited to get this preview. We've beaten some teams that are, a nice way of saying it, hungry for a win, and hopefully we can prove ourselves this week. And thanks for having me on, man. Uh, thanks for coming on, man, on such short notice. I know that we, uh, we belong to the same... Uh, promotion group on twitter and it was nice that uh one of the fellow podcasters uh sent me your way and i i appreciate you taking up you know the interview on such short notice oh it's absolutely no problem i'm always down to talk football hoops any any kind of sport man absolutely so your denver broncos are currently undefeated and they sit atop the the afc west along with the los angeles chargers in a more uh, surprising turn of events for the first three games of the season. I know you guys uh, have been itching to get back towards the top of the division. Kansas City, uh, no love lost there. They're one and two. Uh, the Raiders are, you know, kind of surging again. And then the, the Chargers are kind of, you know, on the up and up. So you guys are looking to have one of the toughest divisions in football this year. How do you see things shaking out so far? Uh, I don't believe that we'll end at the first uh, in our division. I actually believe that the Raiders will. The Raiders have taken a tremendous step up from the past couple of years, and you can see it in Derek Carr's play, the whole offense's play. They actually have hope in that locker room. They look like they've gone through a culture change. I like them. You can never really count the Chargers out, and I think we're going to be competing with the Chargers for that wild card spot. I think three teams from our division could potentially make the playoffs. I think we'd be the last one to make it if that is the case. Uh, the Chiefs, they're one and two right now, but I hate them to death, but you can never really count Patrick Mahomes out. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Andy Reid's a great coach, but I, I, I love the competitiveness in our league, uh, in our uh, division. We haven't had that in a while for the past couple of years. It's been only the Chiefs going to playoffs every year and then dominating this division. I don't believe the Broncos have led the division since sometime in uh, 2016 when Manning was here. We haven't really had a lead in the division since then, so it's nice to see that this league's on the up-and-coming, and a lot of people are saying it's one of the strongest divisions in the NFL. Now, I I, you know, I do agree that it's a, it's an up-and-coming division. It just seems like the AFC and the NFC West are just, they're, they're pit bull divisions this year, and it seems like it's going to be a dogfight all the way to the end. And um, sitting at 3-0 and for the first time in a while, is you guys do have a little bit of injuries. Now, I'm going to go on record in saying that, uh, the amount of guys that the Ravens have on the IR is just absurd. It's it's one of those anomaly type years where you're you might never see fifteen to sixteen players on short term or long term IR before week five of the season, week four of the season. It's you guys are dealing with some banged up injuries, you know, banged up injuries yourselves. Um, I know Jerry Judy's been struggling all year with injuries and trying to get him on the field consistently just seems to be a task for the Broncos right right at this point. Yeah, though it was devastating to see him go down week one with that high ankle sprain. He's going to be—he was uh, expected to be out four to six weeks. They were kind of speculating that he'd be back this week. Uh, I believe he's confirmed not to be playing this week, which is a relief, actually, in my opinion. I wouldn't want to rush the injury, especially with Judy, young guy. Uh, and Jerry Judy, in my opinion, is one of the best route runners at the receiver position in the NFL. And because it was an ankle injury, you really need that for the route running. So I'm really, I'm really trying to like hold off on him. I think the Broncos depth at receiver is depth at receivers is really nice. We did also lose KJ Hamler with a torn ACL, 
which was really upsetting to see. But we still have Tim Patrick. Sutton's still here coming off the injury after last year. I think we have one of the deepest uh, offensive threats in the league. I, you know, I, I'm a fan of Tim Patrick. We uh, we signed him out of college as an undirected free agent a couple years ago, and uh, it was just a numbers game. I believe he was here during the time where we had uh, John Brown and Michael Crabtree and Willie Sneed, and it was just going to be really hard to break the lineup with those guys. But he has really blossomed into a uh, viable wide receiver two or wide receiver three, depending on how you look at it. He just seems like he's really uh, come into his own, and he contributes a lot to your offense, especially with uh, the not necessarily the uncertainty that you've had at running back, but it's been kind of a whoever has the hot hand approach for the Broncos the last few years. And uh, Melvin Gordon seems to have uh, found his groove again. And uh, I know that you guys let Philip Lindsay go last year. And it just seems like Tim Patrick has really added another dimension to your offense to where he's giving Teddy Bridgewater another option. Yeah, uh, I've been saying for the longest time the Broncos were one decent to great quarterback away from being a contender out there. Uh, we've suffered quite a bit watching Brock Osweiler come in and out, uh, Paxton Lynch, Drew Locke playing. It's been kind of a roller coaster of emotions for us. And now that we have Teddy Bridgewater, I love Teddy's game. I believe that Teddy Bridgewater is easily one of the most uh, system, uh, the best system quarterbacks in the NFL. We kind of noticed that he was put in Sean Payton's offense, thrived, went five and zero, then went to Carolina and went two and fourteen, I believe. So he's very, he's a, he's a, he's a system quarterback. But I believe the Denver Broncos system is perfect for him with the bootlegs, which uh, I'm going to get into. I think the bootlegs are going to be a, a problem for the Ravens. Uh, they were the only really strong strength that the Rams had against you guys in that uh, in the loss that the Rams had. They were getting you dipped in on the play action, bootlegs. I believe the Teddy Bridgewater thrives in that, and I think that that's going to be our main point of attack for you guys. I I do agree. We we struggle with the bootleg and we struggle with uh, the screen and pop passes at the line of scrimmage. Um, I'm not you know as much as I'm a diehard fan. At the end of the day, I'm I'm a realist. You know, I played the game, I coached the game, and the Ravens have some shortcomings. We're a very aggressive defense. We're a very fast defense, but we're not very disciplined when it comes to the screens and the pop passes and the bootlegs. We will get caught caught up in that. And the only thing that might help us this week is that um, Justin Houston, Justin Matabike, and Brandon Williams will be returning to the lineup after having the COVID exposure last week. And the D- Detroit Lions really exposed our our lack of depth on the defensive line by just simply punishing us in the trenches. And, you know, Justin Tucker's miracle field goal saved us. And uh, it's going to be a challenge for us because you guys have a very, very underrated tight end who is a top 10 tight end in the league, in my opinion, and Noah Fant. And we have historically struggled covering tight ends for the better part of the last, I'm going to say, four to five seasons. Uh, yeah, I think Noah Fant is actually a top 10 tight end myself. I think he's on the up and coming. I think uh, at his prime, he's going to look like a prime Gronk a little bit, minus the blocking, more on the catching. But, you know, on the same level of impact on the team, I believe that Drew, uh, Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to be the guy going forward for too much longer. I believe there's rumors that we might be going after Aaron Rodgers when his contract expires, blah, blah, blah. But the minute uh, – the Denver Broncos find the quarterback that's going to escape. I believe that Noah Fant's going to thrive, go through the roof. I believe that Noah Fant's actually better than Darren Waller. I know that's a hot take right there. But that, Noah that, Fant- is, that is a very hot take because uh, Darren Waller, 
I believe after watching him play against us on on Monday Night Football in Week One, he is the total package. He's to me, he's better than Kittle. He's he's right there with Kelsey. I'd say, you know, I'm not even, I'm not even gonna lie. He's better than Mark Andrews, and I love Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews is a top five tight end, but Darren Waller is just incredible. And I and the thing is, Noah Fant is. He's he's one of those rare guys that has size and speed and the the agility to move in and out of his cuts. I was watching a little bit of film on him, you know, just seeing what we were up against. And I think the biggest, you know, I think what you're going to see a lot on Sunday is Jimmy Smith is going to be tailing uh, Noah Fan. He seems to be the most successful out of all of our cornerbacks covering tight ends because, quite frankly, our safeties lack a lot to be desired and covering tight ends and that's just a recipe for disaster especially you know in terms of field position and giving up the big plays down the seam definitely the only reason i'm going to disagree with you on that take i believe that jared waller uh he's great but he's Derek Carr's favorite target he's getting 20 throws to him a night that's the only reason i'm kind of like gonna make the argument there you know what you kind of convinced me walk maybe maybe that's not as good as wall yet but and i, I believe all of a sudden um, that Noah Fant will probably be better uh, you you guys will probably struggle the most with him. I think Patrick is, uh, we've mentioned earlier, he's going to be a big problem. He had 98 receiving yards last game, and he's just a big target right now. And, and then especially Sutton, you always got to worry about him. I believe Marcus Peters uh, is on your IR. He he tore his ACL in, uh, in camp right before week one. Uh, we have a very young cornerback who has really come into his own. Uh, Anthony Averett has really impressed me because I – have been beating the drum amongst our fan base for the last year or so that Anthony Averett is more of a dime package special teams kind of guy, but he held Tyreek Hill to 14 yards reception, 14 receiving yards. And then he did very well, uh, last week with the, with the Lions wide receivers, even though they broke a couple plays, he, he still maintained his ground. Um, our secondary is going to, is going to match up with you guys, I think, pretty well. You guys do have bigger wide receivers, and they are fast, so that might be a little bit of an issue because we don't really have a whole lot of size in our secondary other than Jimmy Smith, and Jimmy Smith is coming off of a ankle injury himself. Um, kind of flipping the script here, um, you guys are middle of the road in the league in terms of uh, your run defense right now, so where do you think it – your defensive line and your front seven lies in stopping our running attack? Uh, I believe that we will be all right. I mean, we, uh, we rushed the, we, I mean, it's Zach Wilson, the Jets, so you can't, that's the thing with the Denver Broncos. You can't say too highly about some things because like, uh, the opponents we face have been a combined 0 and 9 right now. So it's, we can't say too much, but, uh, the middle of the pack running defense, we did pretty well last week. I think we can't, we held them to 3.3 yards per carry. I thought that was really nice. Uh, Vaughn Miller just won a defense player of the month, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with four sacks, six QB hits. Uh, Vaughn Miller, I believe, is going to continue to go up and up because he's been very, uh, he's been subbed in and out quite often throughout the games due to the fact that he's coming off an injury, which he missed all of last season from. I think Vaughn Miller is going to have, have a pretty big game this uh, week. I'm not sure if Bradley Chubb, uh, is coming back. Uh, to play this week. If he is, that's going to be a big boost for us. But the main thing that I'm worried about, you guys, is Lamar Jackson's rushing attack going up the middle because we run a lot of man. And when we run a lot of man, that's going to 
we struggled to leave somebody watching Lamar Jackson, and uh, we did. We ran man against the New York Giants, and Danny Daniel Jones destroyed us, and he scored a touchdown off the rushing because we don't have a guy watching him. That's what I'm really concerned about for the Denver Broncos. I think we have to throw some zone zone in there if we want to even try and hold Lamar Jackson to under 50 rushing yards. And and that's going to be the biggest thing is that. Like you said, you guys do run a lot of man coverage, and that leaves you susceptible to the run. And if you don't have a, a inside linebacker or a safety that can kind of, you know, spy Lamar wherever he goes, he's really going to give you fits. And uh, we do have a, a really good run blocking offensive line. Our pass blocking right now is a little bit shaky. Uh, we had to, you know, move Alejandro Villanueva back to his natural position. Ronnie Stanley's going to miss the game. Uh, this week, and we've really had a, a rotation at left guard and right tackle. So those are the two positions that we've been kind of worrying about. But it's Bradley Bozeman's playing at an all-pro level right now. He he's, was rated the best uh, run-blocking center in the league for the month of September, and Kevin Zeitler was a huge addition to us this year. He had a, a bad game last week, but he was just dealing with faster guys. He, He's more of a mauler. When he can get his hands on you, he's, he's a, a, a road paver. But I think we're going to be able to run the ball on you guys rather well. And if if Bradley Chubb isn't playing this week, I think uh, we're going to probably run away from Vaughn a whole lot. I know Vaughn's one of the better backside chase-down linebackers, but I also believe that with his years of injuries – and the fact that he's, you know, over the age of 30 now, I don't really think he has that speed that he once had to to chase play, running backs down for, you know, a two- or three-yard loss. We'll see how that goes, but I really think that we're going to be successful in running the ball, and that's going to really open up our passing game. And Lamar's been, other than his, you know, one costly interception last week, he had a, probably one of his best passing games in recent memory in terms of, throwing to the outside, throwing efficiently, hitting his first or second option and not just checking down or running. I mean, I agree. I believe he played one of his best uh, passing games. Uh, to be fair, though, it was the Lions uh, secondary, so throw in there. But like, like I said, we haven't played too, too many good teams yet. But our secondary has looked pretty dominant lately. Sertain's already got an interception. Uh, we, we've allowed, I believe, a 57% completion rate. And I think that our secondary is going to be the one thing that keeps us in the game. I believe you guys will rush all over us if uh, Chubb's not playing. You can run away from Bond all day long, and I think that will probably work. But I believe our secondary may hold you. Uh, we have Justin Simmons, an all-pro safety. We have Kareem Jackson, who plays with 110% on every play, every snap he's on. And I believe that our secondary may hold Lamar to you know middle of the pack passing numbers. I do like your secondary. Justin Simmons is... A favorite safety of mine that's not a, a Raven, you know, I do pay attention to the league itself and he's been very good. He, he, he kind of gives you a, a certain throwback element to your defense. He, he can hit, he can cover, he can th- play the pass very well and he has no problem coming up in the box and making a play at the line of scrimmage. So that's going to be something we got to account for. I'm pretty sure that they're going to have, uh, Simmons shadowing Mark Andrews all game. So that's going to be a, a matchup to watch out for. I believe that that's going to be a good matchup in itself because Andrews has deceptive speed. He doesn't look very fast off the line of scrimmage, but he's pesky enough to get open 
in zone and on single man coverage, he has just enough separation to kind of get get in the soft spot of the defense and catch the ball for the first down. Um, our wide receivers are going to have to really bounce back after a tough week. Rashad Bateman came off of the injured reserve, but I don't believe that he's going to suit up this week. Same with uh, Miles Boykin. So Hollywood is really going to have to have a bounce back game. He he dropped three touchdown passes last week, and that was just that was gut wrenching. You know that we beat the Lions by two. If if Hollywood catches two of those passes, that's a that's a blowout. Sammy Watkins dropped a touchdown pass. Um, Andrews fell on an overthrow that he he was in position, but he he fell. Um, we left twenty eight points on the field and. I really think that we're going to rely on our run game. And, and the biggest, another challenge that people really forget about is, you know, the altitude in Denver. We're going to have a very tough time and we're going to be subbing a lot of guys in and out because we don't play, we play in Denver once every eight years, maybe every six years, depending on how the schedule falls. And the only person that really understands that type of altitude is Derek Wolf, and he's not playing again this week. He's got a, a, a recurring back injury, and I think he really wanted to get on the field, but they just ruled him out for the game uh, this morning, I believe. The altitude is one one obstacle to come, overcome when you come play up in Denver. Mile High Stadium is no joke. Uh, I think this game, you're really going to have to rely on your depth. Like you said, there's going to be a lot of substitutions in and out. And the problem with that is the running back situation, which you guys have. Unfortunately, most of your locker room in the running backs is out. And that's going to be a really big problem, especially when you're going to be relying on the rushing attack to beat the Denver Broncos. Because I think, uh, like we both mentioned, that's going to be the way you win this game. Running away from Miller, getting those rushing yards. I believe you guys can easily get five, six yards of carry against us. Uh, our defensive line, other than Miller and Chubb, is not the most dominant. I believe our linebackers aren't terrible. But it's going to be a real problem for us. You guys rushing well, especially with Lamar Jacks, who can run the play action, whatever, uh, and then occasionally you can probably hit us with the rollout boots, play action. I think it's going to be a pretty uh, telling game from Lamar Jackson, how we can handle the pressure, especially in the Mile Stadium. But back to the running backs, that's going to be a big problem for you guys. I believe you guys have Le'Veon Bell signed, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it. I believe Le'Veon Bell is going to make his season debut this week. He sat the first three games. He When he was signed in Baltimore, he came in a, a bit uh, out of shape. So I believe the last three weeks or so, maybe the last month or so, has been his sort of off-season conditioning slash training camp. And we 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 have uh, Latavius Murray, who's been a pleasant surprise. He's he's getting about four and a half to five yards of carry for the most part. Uh, he's a bigger back. He kind of he's the mold of Gus Edwards, but he's not as good as Gus Edwards. And Tyson Williams has been a pleasant, another pleasant surprise surprise in terms of overall skill but like you said our running back room is decimated jk dobbins is a home run hitter you know he's a home run threat when he when he touches the ball every single time he could go the distance so we are going to probably i predict that we're going to see Le'Veon bell's debut with the baltimore ravens and it's going to be a big game because you know like we've touched on earlier you guys are three and zero. This is your. This will be your first real test against a team that has a win at least. So uh, it's going to definitely be a make or break game for both of our teams in the early part of the year because our schedule doesn't get relatively uh, easier until about week twelve. We have a we have a you know 
you guys coming up. We have the Chargers coming up. The the Colts are coming up. We have um, then we have a slew of division games, and then we play the Los Angeles Rams, who are an absolute buzzsaw right now. But that's you know looking down the line a bit. So um, yeah, it's going to be a a little tough, you know, for both of us, both of our teams. It's going to be a real uh, eye opener for both fan bases to see where we're at because. If you guys can pull this win off, that gives precedence to your three and zero start. I know you said that you played three zero and three teams, but this would be like a signature win early on in the season that could give you guys some confidence. And on the other side, if we beat an undefeated Broncos team, we're rolling and we have a couple added conference games, and then we can hit our bye week, and then we go right into conference play and division play. Definitely. I think the Ravens, if you guys take this game, it's going to give you guys a shot of momentum, especially after the way the past couple weeks have kind of shaped out. I know you beat the Lions, but at the same time, like you mentioned, you left 28 points on the field, which is uh, deflating if you really, if, when you're watching the film, watching all that stuff. It motivates you, but at the same time, it can also be a bit deflating if you go into the next game and also leave points on the field, which hopefully you guys do against my Broncos. <laughs> but uh, realistically, if you guys can beat us, Fix your mistakes. That's going to be a giant shot of momentum right there. Like you said, going into the next weeks, I believe that if you win this game, I believe you have a really solid chance against the Chargers. I hope you win that game. Uh, the Colts are going to be a nice win for you guys, and then you have time to prepare yourself for the Rams, which have been one one free train at the moment. Absolutely. So before we do uh, the game, the score predictions, how do you see your season shaping out in terms of longevity? Do you? I, I know you said that uh, – you were thinking maybe a wild card spot. I know you said three teams from your division. Do you really think that your uh, Broncos team has a legitimate shot at making a wild card this year? I do, and I believe that kind of depends on how much of a step Herbert takes this year. Uh, if Herbert takes a tiny step uh, and he's still like losing the close games, which we saw last year, I believe uh, it was like six or seven of the games were lost by one score. If they if he plays the same way he did last year with that, I think we're definitely in. And the way that the Chiefs are playing right now, I believe that we have a chance to potentially win the division. I know I mentioned earlier that it's probably not likely, but that all comes down to the play. Uh, the Chiefs threw, uh, there was a stat I believe they were reading about. They had, if you count the last plays of uh, last week and the plays of this week, they had, I think, five or six straight plays with a, straight drives with a turnover. Uh, the Chiefs do look dominant when they're going down the field, but they mess it up like that on a play. Uh, Tyreek Hill's been, he played an amazing week one game. Now he's been kind of out of it. Uh, he hasn't played, he hasn't been himself. And if he keeps that up, the Chiefs are not winning the division at all. Uh, I believe the Raiders, they have had an impressive hot start. Do I believe that they can keep it up? Not really. John Gruden hasn't proved that, uh, to me yet. The first couple of years in Oakland, he's been not worth the hundred million they gave him. Uh, he's been giving white players for a bag of chips. And then wanting them back, I believe there's some rumors that he called for Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack's availability this offseason. But I don't think the Raiders can keep this up. I believe that it's kind of an illusion right now. I believe that the Raiders will be a dominant team one day. I just don't think it's there yet. I don't think you can go from, I believe, third place in the division to first, just like that, with uh, the little changes that they made uh, realistically. Uh, so at the end of the day, I do believe that we have a shot to win the division, and I believe we have an even better shot to make a wildcard team. There you have it. Uh, I I do uh, wish you guys luck after you know this week. So uh, I really think that the Ravens are going to compete for the division. Pittsburgh is a mess. Um, Cleveland looks to be 
paper champions again. I I feel about the the I'm sorry the Browns. I feel about the Browns the way you feel about the Chiefs. I think they're paper champions. Uh, Miles Garrett is obviously a, a problem, but I think uh, they have a very overrated quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's not to me. He's a less loud Johnny Manziel. I mean he's had he's had uh, Chubb, Kareem Hunt, OBJ, Landry, and Joku Hooper combined for the last three years and he hasn't given the team a Super Bowl yet so I still think that it all revolves around number six I think the Cincinnati Bengals are gonna they're still a year or two away from competing legitimately they do have a good uh quarterback wide receiver combo in Chase and Burrow and T Higgins is another good wide receiver so is Tyler Boyd they got Joe Mixon who I believe is number two in the league in rushing right now so I think we're gonna it's going to be a, a grind, a grind out type season. I, I see us going, uh, probably 12 and five, if not 13 and four. But, uh, with that being said, what is your prediction for 430 on Sunday? Um, Eastern Standard Time, uh, your score and maybe a bold prediction. Bold, but. Close. I think it's going to be 14-21. I think we do take the win just because of our defense. I think our secondary is going to be quite the obstacle to overcome, especially in the Mile High Stadium, like we had mentioned. I believe that the altitude combined with the lack of running back depth that you guys have. I like Murray, like you mentioned earlier. He's one of uh, my favorite backup running backs in the league. Uh, throughout, well, throughout his career, he's been there. But I just believe that the depth is going to be the killer. I believe Le'Veon Bell, like you said, he's been trying to get in shape these past couple weeks. I don't think it's a good uh, first test in the Mile High Stadium to test if you're ready to play or not. And I believe that's just going to be what kills you guys. And I believe it's going to be one, one hell of a game that's going to come down to that fourth quarter. Okay, so my score prediction for Sunday is going to be 28-17 to 17 Baltimore. I believe uh, we shut down uh, the running. I believe we shut down your run game. I think you guys are going to get us for a couple touchdowns in the secondary, I believe. I think Fant and uh, Tim Patrick are going to go for one and one. Uh, 21-17, my bold prediction is the Ravens combine between Lamar and the running backs for 220 yards and a touchdown or two. So I think we're going to shred you guys on the, on the ground between Tyson, Latavius, Lamar, and in the possibility of Le'Veon. Well, I look forward to speaking to to you in a week when we can talk about this. Absolutely, uh, I can't wait to catch up next week on the on the recap, and we can uh, talk a little bit about your uh, Los Angeles Lakers and the old folks' home you got over there on the West Coast. Oh, oh don't do that! Don't do that! Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, before you go, man, uh, let my listeners know where they can listen to your work. I do not mind sharing the wealth when it comes to podcast listeners. Um, let them know where they can find you on social media. Hey, again, huge thanks for having me on. I'm mainly on uh, YouTube at Mama's Legacy. You can find me. Uh, I have a Twitter account at Mama's Legacy or at Mama's Legacy Host. Find me there. DM me questions if you guys want to collab. Come on, or if you want me to come on your podcast, I would love to. I love talking about my Denver Broncos. Love talking about my Lakers. But I do follow most teams in the NFL and most teams in the NBA. And hey, I look forward to collabing with you some more, man. All right, hey Max, thanks, man. Have a great night. Hey, you take care.